Hi, welcome to my podcast, where today I'll share several illustrations based on the Webb Space Telescope. Reaching the place of service, years of preparation, liftoff, God's unfolding plans, and shedding whatever entangles us. My name is Tim Harner. I am a Christian author and apologist, a graduate of Houghton College and of Harvard Law School, where I was an editor of the Harvard Law Review. As an attorney, my primary role has been as a general counsel. Therefore, I call the six books that I've written the General Counsel Series. The first four books of the series outline the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, providing scriptural backing for the final installments of the series that outline the history of America and the history of the Church Universal. I post my latest thoughts regularly on my website, timharner.com. And now, as I talk about reaching the place of service, years of preparation, liftoff, God's unfolding plans, and shedding whatever entangles us, let's pray that the Lord will let the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in the sight of the Lord our God, who is our strength and our Redeemer. When Jesus turned water into wine at the wedding in Cana, the master of the banquet did not realize where it had come from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. Many years ago, I heard a sermon based on this scripture. The pastor noted that the master of the wedding banquet didn't see the miracle. The people enjoying the wine didn't see the miracle. Only the servants who did the hard work of drawing the water saw the miracle. So if you want to see miracles, become a servant. Similarly, the recently launched Webb Space Telescope needs to be in the right place in order to see the miracles of the universe. Unlike the Hubble Space Telescope, the Webb Space Telescope does not orbit the Earth. Instead, it's gradually getting further and further from Earth until it reaches the Grange Point 2, the place in space from which it can best serve the purposes for which it was created. This location in space is aligned with the Earth and Sun in a manner that best provides solar power, while also keeping the heat of the Sun from disturbing observations of cool, distant objects such as galaxies formed soon after the Big Bang. This place of service is about a million miles from Earth. In comparison, the moon is only a quarter of a million miles from Earth. Why go so far away? Indeed, why not stay on the ground? Because if we stay on the ground observing through the atmosphere, our view is often spoiled by clouds, by atmospheric turbulence, by air pollution, and by glowing lights. If we are going to see miracles, our view must not be clouded by troubles. Our view must not be distorted by turbulent persecutions. Our view must not be dimmed by worries. Our view must not be ruined by the glow from deceitful riches. Instead, we must view our lives, our communities of wisdom, our families, our businesses, our nations, and our civilizations from the best place where we can be a servant. From the place of a servant, we will devote ourselves to serving and loving the one and only Lord God with all our heart and with all our soul 
and with all our strength and with all our mind. From the place of a servant, we will devote ourselves to serving and loving all other people by doing for them what we would want them to do for us. It took about 20 years and $10 billion to prepare the Webb Space Telescope for launch. How long did it take and how much did it cost the Lord to prepare Israel for launch? How long did it take and how much did it cost Moses to prepare himself to launch Israel? How long did it take and how much did it cost the Lord to prepare the church for launch? How long did it take and how much did it cost Jesus to prepare himself to launch the church? How long has it been taking and how much has it been costing to prepare yourself to launch actions that do for others what you would want them to do for you? I'm not going to detail the time and cost of such preparations and launches. It's fair to say that it took me four books to write my answers to these questions. The Promised Land, covering the books Genesis to Ruth. Healing the Promised Land, covering the rest of the Old Testament. Hoping in the Lord, covering the Gospels. And Lighting the World, the rest of the New Testament. It's also worth remembering that the result of spending all those years and all those billions of dollars didn't initially result in building anything that looked remotely like a telescope. Indeed, unless you knew the truth, you would never believe that the payload inside the tip of the Ariane rocket was a gigantic telescope. It would be like believing that the caterpillar inside a cocoon could ever emerge as a butterfly. Do you ever feel as if you and humanity are still like a caterpillar trapped in a cocoon, even though we dream of being a butterfly who flies among flowers? Truly, it took faith in things hoped for and faith in things not seen to believe that a telescope with a mirror larger than 20 feet in diameter could be squeezed inside the tip of the Ariane rocket. Nevertheless, faith and hope triumphed over logic and common sense. There truly was a gigantic telescope squeezed inside the tip of the Ariane rocket. Similarly, unless you knew the truth, you would never believe that the Lord, Moses, and Jesus were building communities and people who were good, who were very good. After all, the Bible is full of examples of communities and people who claimed to serve the Lord, but whose hard hearts caused them to do all kinds of evil things and to establish all kinds of evil laws. For example, the law required executing people for multiple offenses. The law permitted men to divorce their wives for any reason, but the women could not divorce their husbands at all. Moses advocated and committed genocide. Joshua advocated and committed genocide. King David was a rapist and a murderer. None of these evil acts represented the ultimate desires of the Lord. He only permitted them due to the hardness of people's hearts. Therefore, we never give up praying that the kingdom of the Lord will come so that the Lord's will is done on earth as it is in heaven. 
and therefore the Lord refuses to give up revealing that he is the Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands of generations, and forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin. The Lord refuses to give up revealing that each human is created in this image of the good, good God. The Lord refuses to give up revealing that each human and each community should act justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with the Lord God. The Lord refuses to give up until each human and each community makes justice roll on like a river and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. The Lord refuses to give up until each human and each community becomes compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to generations, and forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin. How do we know that the Lord will never give up? How do we know that all of us who follow the way of Jesus should never give up? The Lord revealed through Jesus that he is like a tireless good shepherd who spares no effort to save his lost sheep. The Lord revealed through Jesus that he is like a diligent housewife who spares no effort searching in the dirty darkness to find her lost coin. The Lord revealed through Jesus that he is like a compassionate father who endures any humiliation to restore his lost children to his family. The Lord revealed through Jesus that, like the Webb Space Telescope, he will never give up for however long it takes and for however much it costs to establish each human and each community in their best place of service. The Lord revealed through Jesus that all of us who follow this way of Jesus should likewise be like tireless good shepherds, diligent housekeepers, and compassionate parents as we find our best place of service to save, find, and restore others. For the Webb Space Telescope, this best place of service will be a million miles away from Earth, the Lagrange Point 2. For humans and our communities, this best place of service is everywhere that we are anointed by the Spirit of the Lord to proclaim good news to the poor, proclaim freedom for the prisoners, restore sight to the blind, set the oppressed free, and proclaim this time of the Lord's favor. When I watched videos of the Ariane rocket launching the Webb Space Telescope, my thoughts went back to the beginning of my book, Visions of the Church, where I described the Saturn V moon rocket launching Apollo 13. I wrote, unless you knew the truth, you would never believe that the Saturn V moon rocket could budge an inch, much less journey through the heavens. It stood 363 feet tall, about six stories higher than the Statue of Liberty. It weighed six million pounds. Only a fool could think that something that big could move. And unless you knew the truth, you would never believe that the church could last a day, much less last 2,000 years.
Jesus was dead. His disciples hid in fear. One of them, Judas Iscariot, had betrayed him. One of them, Peter, had denied him. Only a fool could think the people, so weighed down by sin, could hope to reach heaven. Even so, despite such doubts, the Saturn V moon rocket launched towards the heavens on a pillar of fire amidst billows of smoke. And despite such doubts, the church launched out towards heaven on tongues of fire when the Holy Spirit filled the followers of Jesus on the day of Pentecost. The key was the hidden power that moved the Saturn V moon rocket and the hidden power that moved the church. The moon rocket defeated the power of gravity by exploding chemicals inside the rocket. Jesus defeated the power of sin through his sacrificial death and his resurrection. The shed blood of Jesus was the rocket fuel for his church. It is foretold by an Old Testament prophecy. Surely he took up our infirmities and carried our sorrows. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his wounds we are healed. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. The Webb Space Telescope pressed on to reach the best place for it to serve its purpose, the Grange Point 2. Likewise, in our lives, we must press on to reach the best places for us to serve our purpose of saving, finding, and restoring others. Likewise, in our lives, we must press on to proclaim good news to the poor, proclaim freedom for the prisoners, restore sight to the blind, set the oppressed free, and proclaim this time of the Lord's favor. But first, we must overcome the weight of whatever sins, despair, confusion, fears, doubts, and failures are hindering and entangling us. How can we lift off, despite the weight of so many things weighing us down? The Saturn V moon rocket and the Webb Space Telescope found the power to lift off by harnessing the power of chemicals. To lift off in our lives, we must harness the power of the shed blood of Jesus Christ so that we can travel heavenward on tongues of fire from the Holy Spirit. NASA used origami to solve the problem of unfolding the Webb Space Telescope in space after it had been crammed into the tiny tip of the Ariane rocket. When first created, an origami is flattened. Then it is unfolded into the intended form to look like a bird, a butterfly, a flower, or whatever other form its builder intends. It took more than 300 steps to unfold the Webb Space Telescope to take on the final form intended by NASA, the intended form that will enable the telescope to operate at full capacity for the next 10 or more years. God's plans for our lives, for Israel, and for the Church Universal unfold like an origami, like the Webb Space Telescope. A favorite verse to comfort and encourage us is, 
I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Another sets verses, we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him. But experience teaches us that the unfolding of God's plans for our lives, for Israel, and for the church universal doesn't come all at once or easily. Abraham knew moments of fear, discouragement, and frustration. For example, even though he'd obeyed God by leaving his homeland and traveling to the promised land, Abraham complained to God that things weren't going right. He didn't even have a son. God told him to get out of his tent, the tent of fear, discouragement, and frustration that was blocking Abraham's view. The tent that was blocking his view of the countless ways he would be blessed. The tent that was blocking his view of the countless ways he would bless other people. The tent that was blocking his view of countless blessings as numerous as the countless stars. Moses experienced many moments of fear, discouragement, and frustration, even though he obeyed God by successfully leading Israel out of slavery in Egypt. Moses experienced many moments of fear, discouragement, and frustration, even though he mostly obeyed God as he struggled for 40 years to lead Israel to the promised land. These fears, discouragements, and frustrations at the slow, agonizing unfolding of God's plans for Moses and for Israel are captured in Psalm 90. In this prayer of Moses, he prayed, we finish our years with a moan. Our days may come to 70 years or 80 if our strength endures, yet the best of them are but trouble and sorrow, for they quickly pass and we fly away. Nevertheless, Moses never lost faith in the Lord's unfailing love that we may sing for you and be glad all our days. Moses never lost faith in the Lord's unfolding plans to establish the work of our hands for us. Jesus is able to empathize with our weaknesses, such as moments of fear, discouragement, and frustration, because he was tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. For example, at the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus prayed for the Lord to take away the cup of tortures, insults, and crucifixion that awaited him during the coming hours. Indeed, Jesus was in such anguish and prayed so earnestly that his sweat was like blood falling to the ground. Nevertheless, Jesus still prayed, yet not as I will, but as you will. Furthermore, while Jesus hung in agony on the cross, suffering from the tortures and insults of crucifixion, he cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Nevertheless, Jesus never lost faith in the Lord's unfolding plans in the Lord's unfailing love. For example, when one of the men repented, who was also being crucified, Jesus told him, truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. And for example, the very Psalm that begins with the thought, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Culminates in the assurance that because of the Lord's unfolding plans and unfailing love, all the ends of the earth will remember and turn to the Lord 
and all the families of the nations will bow down before him. For dominion belongs to the Lord, and he rules over all the nations. Indeed, because of the unfolding plans and unfailing love of the Lord, posterity will serve him. Future generations will be told about the Lord. They will proclaim his righteousness to a people yet unborn. He has done it. NASA primarily chose the Ariane rocket to launch the Webb Space Telescope because it was the most reliable rocket that could lift so much weight. The exact configuration of the Ariane rocket varies by the type of payload being carried into space, but the basic configuration remains similar. Therefore, the Ariane rocket that launched the Webb Space Telescope came in two stages, two parts. Why? The first stage is very heavy. It has to drop off to save fuel as the rocket lifts the payload higher. These characteristics of the Ariane rocket made me think of how God enables us to become people who love the Lord our God with all our heart and with all our soul and with all our strength and with all our mind and to become people who do for others what we would like them to do for us. God's ways are completely reliable, even more reliable than the Arian rocket. As the Lord assured us through the prophet Isaiah, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth, and making it bud and flourish, so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. So is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish the purpose for which I sent it. You will go out in joy and be led forth in peace. Unfortunately, the prophet Isaiah had to overcome people whose hearts were hardened, whose hearts were so calloused, that when they heard the words of the Lord, they did not understand what the Lord was telling them. And when they saw people in need, they did not perceive what they needed to do. And so, instead of going out in joy and being led forth in peace, their land was ruined and without inhabitants. Their houses were left deserted. Their fields were ruined and ravaged. Nevertheless, the Lord promised that he would bless the holy seed. How can we become this holy seed? The author of Hebrews gives us the answer. We must throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. We must be like the Ariane rocket, dropping off its heavy first stage at just the right moment to continue with the Webb Space Telescope a million miles further towards the Grange Point 2 towards the ideal place of service. What kinds of things must we drop from our lives? As the Apostle Paul told us, we must drop off the weight of acts of the flesh that are obvious, such as sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. As the Apostle Paul told us, 
we must get rid of, drop off the weight of, all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. As Jesus told us, we must drop off the weight of the kinds of things that Jesus warned us about in his parable of the sower, quickly falling away from following his words because of troubles and persecutions, and having our fruitfulness choked by the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth. Put most simply, we must do exactly what Jesus commanded his disciples to do when Jesus called them to follow him, leave everything and follow him. In this way of Jesus, we will see with our eyes, hear with our ears, and feel with our hearts, going out in joy and being led forth in peace. I hope you enjoyed this podcast today. If you did, please share it with a friend and find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, as well as on my website, timharner.com. My blogs posted on my website contain citations to sources, including the scriptures, as well as links to my related blogs. Until we are together again, may the Lord bless us and keep us. May the Lord make his face to shine upon us and be gracious unto us. May the Lord turn his face toward us and give us peace.